It's the Flyers Forecast with Steve Jacob and Craig Forsythe taking a look at your Flyers week ahead. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Flyers Forecast. I am Steve Jacob. This is Craig Forsythe and we are about to talk about your first place Philadelphia Flyers first week ahead. First place. Yeah. For the it's, week uh... of February 1st. The first of February. February a new month and a new first place team in the Eastern Division in the NHL. It's it's amazing. And I have to say, before we, we get into the nitty gritty, I am very, very happy that I do a Flyers podcast and not a Devils podcast, besides the obvious reasons, you know, because the Devils yeah. have ruined hockey in so many ways. But it'd be a very boring forecast this week if I was a Devils fan, because their forecast would be nothing, nada, zip, zilch, because half that roster has COVID-19. Come on, Devils, get your shit together. Yeah, and it's not ideal, because the Flyers just beat the Devils a bunch. So hopefully yeah. nobody uh, ends up getting the, the COVID from that. But I would say, since there's no indications of it yet, I, I would say the Flyers are probably safe, right? I mean, they've played another team since then. Hopefully the Flyers just didn't like spread it to the Islanders. But yeah, knock on, knock on some wood. So. Yeah, big old knock on wood there. And... Oh, well, good luck to the Devils with that. Uh, as much as I can wish the Devils good luck, I, I do hope yeah. they all come out of this uh, okay and healthy. On that note, should, should I just talk about I was going to talk about the Devils situation. They, uh, Yeah, all the games through the sixth, I think, and ten Devils players, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, Connor Carrick, Aaron Dell, Andreas Yonatan, Yanu, Kowakinen, Michael McLeod, Kyle Palmieri, Sammy Vatanen, Pavel Zakhan, Travis Zajac have all now been placed on uh, COVID protocol. So, so 10 players. So uh, as you said, yes, the other week's going to be uh, uneventful. So sorry. Yeah. I just wanted to get that in there. Yeah. All right. No, it's, it's good to get in there. It's uh, that is an <laughs> uneventful well, week. Unlike, about the Devils again. Yeah. Yeah. But unlike the Devils, the Flyers have a very eventful week. And I mentioned the Flyers are in first place and they're going to have to work hard to defend it this week because they are playing the two other contenders to win the East division. And that is a very intentional shot across the Pittsburgh Penguins bow because I do not consider them contenders for this division and I'm sure they'll make me eat my words, but I'm going to talk trash on them mm-hmm. right now and not regret it in any way, shape or form. That's right. I think this is between the Flyers, the Bruins and the Capitals for this division and the Flyers have to play both the Bruins and the Capitals this week back to back against the Boston Bruins Wednesday, 8 p.m. NBCSN. That's a national game, folks. A national game, but no longer with Doc, as uh, we have sadly seen this year. Uh, Second game, 7 p.m. on Friday. That's going to be on your local channels, NBCSN Philly and the NHL Network. And then back-to-back on the road against the Washington Capitals starting Sunday, 12 p.m. A noon game on Super Bowl Sunday. Or do I have to say the big game because we don't have the rights? The big game (laughs) on NBC. That's right. The network, Channel 10 in the Philadelphia region. You're going to have that game. And it's a tough week, Craig. It's not an easy one, uh, Stefan. And uh, it's, like you said, these might be the three teams just fighting for the top of the division. And the Penguins are right there, but, you know, they're not exactly uh, bulletproof. But it is the Penguins, so surely Crosby will get, like, 50 goals this year and they'll sneak in somehow. But Flyers are at the top of this division. So, uh, yeah, Bruins and Cavs are swinging up. Uh, Flyers are now 7-2-1. 15 points with a plus four goal differential and the caps are caps play the Bruins tonight. Um, 
and you know, since they both played each other, uh, the Cavs were up three nothing, three one at one point, and in the, they went to the third period up three to one. Bruins scored four four unanswered, and the Cavs lost five to three in regulation. So that was the Cavs' first regulation loss. They're now six one and three in second in the division because they play as many games as the Flyers and don't have as many regulation or overtime wins. Uh, and the only other team in the league that has 15 points uh, is is the Toronto Maple Leafs, who are 7-2-1. And the Flyers and Leafs are the only two teams so far uh, with seven wins. So that's... that's it's just how we drew it good. up, yeah. It's, yeah, it's just... And it's exactly what it feels like the situation the Flyers would be in with uh, how we've all reacted to these 10 gorgeous, flawless wins. We've all been on board. We've all said this team's going to do it. You would honestly Cup. think that the Flyers have not won a game Based on the you fan would have reaction. thought it was 2013, yeah, like 2013, 14 Flyers, yeah. The thing is, the fan reaction, while a little over the top, is still fairly fair. You know, <laughs> kind of warranted. Yeah, they're not blowing the doors off, so they it's fair. Barely got double digit shots in both of the Islanders games, and they didn't do much better in the mm-hmm. Devils games. And the Devils suck. I don't really understand it. I, the the Flyers are. They're doing what used to drive me nuts with teams that would play against the Flyers, where they take advantage of their opportunities with few opportunities they got. And the Flyers would get like a bunch of shots and not bury any of them. The the Flyers are burying what few chances they get. I don't really understand. And it's not like they're playing stellar defense. It's not like they're they're locking everything down in their end to take no, care of it I, nobody knows how they're winning these games it's just I, i've got a board up with strings that i'm trying to connect the threads to figure out exactly how the flyers are putting this all together and i can't for the life of me figure it out the uh the infamous uh reference uh charlie charlie day in the newsroom just or the mail room trying to break it all down and just see pepe sylvia but that's yeah all this mail <laughs> is going to pepe <laughs> sylvia and there is no pepe <laughs> sylvia it is weird though you're right like just the change of uh the Flyers are pretty much an opportunistic team at the moment, and uh, goaltending is bailing them out. When the hell is the last time we could say that about a Flyers team? James if Van Reemsdyk. I don't think that's been a thing. JVR oh, is the trash that's man is leading the team in points. JVR, who everybody was counting down the seconds until he was a Seattle Kraken <laughs> captain. <laughs> yeah, JV Racken. Uh, he's got 13 points in 10 games this season folks uh and he makes up one of four flyers who have 10 points in 10 games uh hayes has five goals and five assists four check has two goals and eight helpers drew has one goal and nine assists uh, i thought drew JVR wasn't doing hayes anything could... i thought he I th- no he's not doing i thought he thing. wasn't here for the season well, i thought claude drew had yet to arrive for him uh he, the one goal is the only thing that counts the assists don't count especially and also uh i don't think he scored he didn't score at home so like that doesn't count you're right you're right uh so that's he hasn't he hasn't had a point yet 10 fake points we're still looking for the real first one uh jvr hayes connecting and Faraby each have five goals on the season tied for the team lead there are 30 uh 30 players in the league so far that have scored five more goals and philly has four of them uh hayes is on a two-game goal streak uh and also jvr had a four assist game against the Islanders. Um, so, and I forgot to look up what his last four-point game was. But uh, still, he has eight points on a four-game point streak. So, uh, and Drew is also on a four-game point streak as well. you love to see it. This game against the Devils. But, yeah, JVR. Again, this was somebody that... JVR and Ghost were two guys I wrote before the season about how they had to come out and kind of prove themselves. And luckily, luckily so far, both of them have done pretty well. Uh, and... Uh, Speaking of Ghost, I mean, if you want to keep moving along here, Steve, uh, Ghost and Myers returned this week, which is 
a pretty big deal for the Flyers defense because yeah. when we were doing the uh, the forecast last week, we were like maybe you know Hart and Elliot will make uh, all the saves in the world. They'll be able to get saved, but maybe Kimo Teeman and and Matt Niskanen can come out ashes, of retirement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's where we were. And yeah. it, it, thankfully, I, I can't believe Myers is back already. But I mean, let's talk about Ghost first yeah, before we get into Myers. Because well, no, we can. I was going to say. Well, I wanted together, to just both are I, I wanted to praise Shane Gostaspair specifically. Go ahead. Because I, you know, I'm I'm the the charter member of the Ghost fan club. I I <laughs> really think Shane Gostaspair has such a, a high ceiling for a hockey player and a defenseman on this team and. I just have loved to see how he stepped back in there and he's been really, really solid and he is picking up those big minutes with Ivan Provorov and they're finally, they're settling into a nice top pair, which before goes to come back this season, you weren't seeing on this team. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to kind of talk about them together, but that you made a lot of good points right there because the team was just missing key defensive components and the biggest one was the Niskanen size hole on the top pair and it Braun is not the answer and I, I don't think Sandheim Pro Ralph work well as a top I mean they, they did fine but I, I ideally with the rest of the defense they, they can't be the top pair with everything else the Flyers have so I think Ghost coming back and being on the top pair helped the defense and the team overall look better this week I mean they won all four games and they didn't have the prettiest you know not 60 minute full 60-minute performances, and there are definitely some rough spots, especially with getting cycled on in the zone still and just blowing a 3-1 lead against the Islanders and all that kind of stuff. But overall, it looked like there was some form of defense, and Ghost and Myers had a big hand in that. Ghost and Myers... Some form of defense. That is high yeah, praise right there. Some form of defense. That's pretty much what it's been. Uh, Ghost and Proveroff, uh, while they're on the ice, they've seen 43 shots. The Flyers have 23 of those shots at 5-on-5. Five five. They have a 59.18 expected goals for percentage. And while they're on the ice, uh, the Flyers have 10 high-danger chances, which is the uh, pretty much the slot and just the inside of the circles. Uh, 10 scoring ch- high-danger chances to uh, opponents 5 while they're on the ice. And they've scored 4 goals. The Flyers have scored 4 goals while they're on the ice, and they've only allowed the opponents to score once in yeah. 50 minutes. So when you get to have your top pair, where they're spending more time... You know, down the other end of the ice, and uh, they're actually getting pres- production and uh, clearing space in front. That's what you need out of a top pair. And even I, as you know, the um, second in command on the uh, the Ghost Fan Club, I wasn't really sure if he would slide back in smoothly. And he's he's looking like him, not quite his old self. His old self was a lot more dynamic with the puck. But I'll take the reasonable. Uh, almost unnoticed, just making defensive plays and getting off the ice, Goss experience said. I mean, he's been, he's shown some flashes of offensive stuff, and he's also had some defensive gaps, but it's not it's not what we've seen the last two years. It, it's starting to look more, it kind of resembles what we saw in 17-18 a little bit. It's like Ghost Zero. Not, it's not Ghost Light, it's Ghost, Ghost Zero, <laughs> because <laughs> you don't have quite the same jolt, but <laughs> yeah, it's still, it's still got on. that great yeah, Ghost flavor. Yeah, you just don't have to feel guilty about it, because, you know, it's just Cal free. And then the Myers, and then another big part of the defense last year was Pro Ralph Niskanen were backed up by Sanheim Myers. Flyers haven't been able to throw that over the boards for a couple games now. And uh, Myers returned after he missed four games. Uh, missed four games with cracked rib. Came back Thursday against the Islanders. Uh, and he has one assist, two shots on goal so far, averaging 23 minutes and 14 seconds a night in this uh, first two games back. Myers and Sanheim have five on five. 
They've seen 20 shots. Flyers have 11 of them, and they've outscored opponents 3-1 to one with a 66.19 expected goals for percentage and a 64 uh, scoring chance for percentage. Winning the quantity battle slightly and then also def- getting a stranglehold on the, the quality battle. They're, they're getting a lot better chances uh, while they're out there. So And also Myers did have the primary assist on the Farabee goal, that uh, Farabee's hat-trick goal on Saturday. So Myers, again, Myers looked a little rusty on Thursday, and uh, it looks like he's still kind of getting back into the swing of things. He looked a little better on Saturday. So hopefully next week, hopefully next week we get our first glimpse of what this top four looks like. Because I think out of everybody the Flyers have in the organization and the value of actually going out and acquiring an asset and making sure you don't burn, you know, a ton of your assets in the process uh, going out and acquiring that guy. I think this is the top four that's going to provide the best results for the Flyers right now. So yeah, for overall, goes Myers and Sandheim in the top four. And I mean, um, well, I it's wanted to say a good with, week for that test. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. With Myers yeah. real quick. I just wanted to say even a rusty Phil Myers is so much more preferable to the other options that we're putting out there. I mean, Braun on the mm-hmm. second pairing was brutal. Braun on the first pairing was brutal. You want to bury Braun as far down that lineup as you can right now because he just has no burst I mean, to him. Robert Haig's been terrible, and Eric Gustafson, woof. I think Gus has been worse than Haig, and Haig has just been his usual self, just not as... I think woof is my lowest visibly. denominator right yeah. there. Woof. Yeah. Woof. But Eric's even defense. Like, even going to, you know, just playing Braun as little as possible... Even that fucked up last night for the Flyers because Hag missed the nail on that shot, and then Braun missed at the point, and then it became like a whole thing down the ice uh, for the, whoop, whoop, the game time goal. So I'm done. I mean, I've been over Braun for. I was starting to get tired of Braun last year, and was kind of done with him in the postseason, and he just got slower, and his numbers are worse this year. I'm over Braun. Uh, Gustafson is not the guy that we think he is, and Hag and Freeman kind of seem like right now they are two sevens. I mean, like I would prefer Freeman's in ideally for me. At some point in time, closer towards the playoffs, uh, they finally will start working on Zamula and Freeman as the third pair. It's all about Nate Prosser. Some action, yeah. Oh, or, or Nate Prosser. Give me my Nate Prosser, Nate Prosser. In there. Yeah, Zamula Prosser. <laughs> Honestly, if it came down to it for like a band-aid third pair in the playoffs, Hagen Prosser, and you play him for like seven minutes at five on five, and that's it. Listen, Pro- Prosser is your locker room guy. Give him the C right now because everybody loves him. Everybody loves <laughs> Nate Prosser. <laughs> he could actually. That would. That would work. He would be the actual AMAC. He would be what they told us AMAC was in the locker room, except he would actually like him. The processor's here, baby. Let's win some games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hopefully this defense processes the uh, competition they got coming up. Steven, oh! uh, like you said, yeah, that was a decent one. This is the week to test the defense because it looks like things kind of got better against two teams that are flailing. And the Islanders, even though the Flyers you know, didn't really do that well against them last year. Have now beaten them four out of the last five. And the Islanders, I think, are three, four, and one now. Not sure. I think three, four, and two, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so, but the Bruins, though, coming in third in division with, uh, well, now they're second in division. They have 14 points at six, one, and two, and a plus 10 goal differential, I believe, now. Uh, one of five teams that are at plus eight or better. Middle of pack and goals per game, second in goals against per game, uh, fifth ranked power play, third ranked penalty kill. Third in shot attempts, four percentage, uh, including having the lowest amount of shot attempts against per 60 rate. And then they are also third in expected goals, four percentage, while also being, uh, while also allowing the least amount of expected goals against per 60. Special teams are, are 
going to be a bitch against the Bruins. And also, they are extremely stingy in front of Raskin and Halak. Luis Chara and Krug just finished, you know, just start out being in the top of the league in terms of uh, just protecting the net and limiting how close uh, opponent uh, opponents get to it. I know they won that game tonight against Washington, but it had to be rough mm-hmm. for Boston to have Chara score a goal against them. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, that is true. That is, yeah, that is pretty wild that he did that. And again, that should that would have been a game that could have like just put that away. I think that made it three nothing, didn't it? I think it put him up three nothing or two nothing maybe. But and they they stormed back tonight. You can't sleep on that team, and that's something the no, Flyers really need can't. to watch out for. Even if they get out to a big lead, I mean, Boston's just got so many weapons on that team. And didn't mm. Pasternak just come back? Pasternak just came back. Ugh, um, and they he's so good. Yeah, so Pasternak, let's find that. Well, he just came back, and well, I'm going to talk about that in a second. He He's so back. good. He just came back. I mean, back. Yeah. they've got so Marchand, the they've game. got Bergeron, and yeah. Pasta is just, I mean, he's the man. I, I hate to say that. Yeah, I hate to admit that. Yeah. But, I mean, these guys are just freaking awesome. I mean, they're, they're players that anybody, any team would kill to have. Yeah. Uh, so Pashnek missed the first seven games of the year while covering from all season hip surgery. Uh, one assist and five shots and goal in 2029 against Washington on Saturday in a four to three overtime loss. Uh, and they, the Marshan Bergeron Pashnek line was back, which the Flyers didn't even have to face last week, which is a whole new wrinkle to the matchup. But uh, Pashnek had two goals tonight, too, and that line dominated again. And from the Bruins' standpoint, this is how they're this is how they're built to win. And the Flyers didn't even go up against it last week. But Marshan Bergeron and Postrank on the top line. The next three lines just pretty much roll and make sure they don't lose the goal battle. And they will just play physical two way hockey where they forecheck like crazy and just try and keep you in uh your own defensive zone. And I wanna say well, no, the other the lines that we're in place tonight and should be in place on Wednesday. Uh, Nick Ritchie, David Krejci, Craig Smith as the second line, Trent Frederick, Charlie Coyle, and Chris Wagner as the third line, and then Andres Bjork, Sean Corrale, and Carson Kuhlman as the fourth line. And again, none of these lines tonight, including the top line, because Poshnick just came back, none of these lines have played 15 minutes or more at 5-on-5 five five yet. So not a ton of playing time yet together, but as we saw for them tonight, didn't really matter because they beat the Caps. And also, it doesn't matter for the Flyers because the Flyers uh, gave up 10 goals to them uh, in two games last week. And the one in the shootout doesn't count. So, yeah, it's it's just going to be a battle against the Bruins again, especially with Poshnik back. Because even though the Flyers got Myers and Ghost, I think this is... I'm looking for these two games because the bottom of the... the the lowest point the defense got last, I think we saw last week, and the Bruins handled them, and they weren't at their fullest. You know, they weren't at their uh, full strength. So now, this should be the Flyers' best defense they can throw out there without having to acquire somebody or kind of figuring out what they have in Zabula. And uh, it'll come against the best line in hockey. That's at all. Least, or one of the best lines in hockey. That's all. Yeah, it's just a casual, just that real quick. <laughs> one of the best lines in hockey, and as I said on the, the previous forecast before the Flyers played the Bruins, one of the best goaltending tandems in hockey. I mean, Rask and yeah. Halak are such a great one-two punch, and I think the Flyers saw that when they played against them, because they played against both of them, and they had... I, the Flyers had more success than I think they were than I thought they were going to have, but they still came away with one point gotcha between those two games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They ended up blowing uh two nothing and three two lead in the third and a five four shootout and then got blasted six to one. But I thought 
yeah, I thought they actually did have some better chances, especially in that first game. But I, I, that was also, I felt like they spent a lot of time in the defensive zone uh, in Boston. And then they also had some really casual, shitty plays in the defensive zone. But a lot of that, I think, you can pin on Gus and Braun. So hopefully we won't see that this week. Uh, but Rask and Halak real quick. Rask, again, the Bruins are, I think the stat was, they are the only team in the NHL that has had three games where they've allowed 20 shots on goal or less. Uh, there are three different teams that have done it twice, uh, but no other team has done it once. So... Rask is 3-1-1 thanks to that, but he's also got an 890 save percentage and a 2.49 goals against average in five games heading into tonight. So, uh, And, well, he's still at that because Halak played. Um, but because of his light workload, he hasn't made more than 28 saves in a game so far, and he has three games where he's seen 20 shots or less. So he's just bored back there. Yeah, so pretty much he's just bored. So maybe you keep him active or, uh, you know. I think you bore just... him more. Maybe that's what the Flyers' strategy has been <laughs> this just... year is to bore these opposing goalies into submission. Yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, I'll be honest. The, like, the, maybe. They got to try something. <laughs> that, I think that would work in Boston. I was going to say, if they if they do get into an area where they just don't, they can't produce shots, they at least got to go hard to the net because I don't think that was something else they did. Because if he's going to get bored and then you're going to get a breakaway on him, he's going to be, you know, he might be a little slow, a little rusty, not ready for that action. He's uh, laying down, you know, sipping uh, some sleepy time tea or whatever. Uh, and then he's, you know. But uh, Halak is two, uh, he's 3 0 on one now. Uh, 9.38 save percentage. Don't know where he's at now after tonight's game. 1.3 GAA in uh, three games this year. So he's been a solid backup for them again. His last two outings before tonight, he stopped 16 on 17 shots. So, again, the Bruins are just doing a good job of not letting shots get on net. Uh, and so, uh, Rask's numbers may not be great, but uh, he's still Rask. He just, he's still you know, they, he's, still one of he's the just not seeing as many shots. Yeah, and the puck just happened to go in a couple of times. I, I think, like, especially in a condensed season like this, goaltending numbers can be deceptive. Like, look at Carter Hart's numbers. Oh. and some of the difficulties yeah, yeah. he's faced this year. Carter Hart is definitely not what his numbers reflect so far. It's not looking so good for my Vesna bet so far. But uh, yeah, that's true. He is, believe me, Boston, the Boston Bruins are not underestimating Carter Hart coming into the series, and we should not no. underestimate Tuka Rask. No, uh, no. I, I would think this is going to be a more defensive battle this time around. Uh, but who. Who can tell? Uh, I'm going to run through some more Boston stuff real quick. Uh, they are riding a six-game point streak now. They are 5-0-1 uh, going into Monday night's action. Uh, and then, and also the Flyers are 4-0 since the teams met. Uh, and Boston is 3-0-1 now since uh, the teams met last week. Boston took the first two games, as you said, 5-4 in a shootout and 6-1 um, on that Saturday. JVR had a two-goal game. Voracek had three assists, and Hayes had two assists in that first win. Hayes had the only goal on the loss. Uh, yeah, Flyers are held to a total of 43 shots in the first two games of this uh, season series. Boston had that total in game one. So Bruins outshot the Flyers 43 to 26. And then in the second game, they outshot them 26 to 17. 69, very nice number of shots for the Bruins nice. to 43 overall. Uh, and also another alarming stat not related to the Bruins, uh, but more for the Flyers. Uh, Flyers have already been held to 17 shots or less three times this year in just 10 games. They had one game last year with under 17 shots, uh, and it was a 5-1 to win against the Columbus Blue Jackets where they're outshot 29-15. to uh, So I don't like that trend because <laughs> that's not even a subjective stat to track. I mean, shots on goal is 
it's kind of easy to tell when a, a shot on goal is happening. Yeah, so, it's not uh, great. Not, it's not, not, a good not time. great. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, but the Flyers have started slow, with the exception of that that Islanders game. I I mean, just play. I don't know. It's it just you look at the shot totals at the end of the game, and then you see the Flyers won. It just it, it boggles the mind. It really does. And again, when you're watching too, it's not something while well in the process, you know, you're like, oh, they're doing really well this game. And at the end of the game, the box score is like baffling to you. In the middle of the game, you're like, this does not feel good. This feels bad to me. We saw this in the Bruins game where the Flyers were up to nothing and blew the lead, where the Flyers huh. were getting outshot a bunch, but they took advantage of a couple opportunities and they were up to nothing. And then I remember I posted like a Bernie Sanders meme or something where he's looking at his phone and can't believe it. <laughs> But, and I remember somebody, I think it was not the real goose who tweeted me saying, take this down. I was like, it wasn't the tweet that did it. I didn't jinx it. It was the Flyers not. I'll say it was the tweet. Yeah, it was the tweet, clearly. Yeah, it was was definitely, yeah. But the thing is, it it, it was clear from the trend in that game that the Bruins were getting more shots. And it was, it would be a miracle if the Flyers had maintained what they were doing to that point. Yeah. Yeah. And just, (laughs) it did not end up happening lucky to get a point uh, that was <laughs> yeah honestly because that was yeah they were down four to three and then jvr scored on a power play shortly after that and that sandheim goal was pretty lucky that game too so they were lucky to get a point in boston of those two games uh and i i mean that's their worst series yet yeah because they they've at least split every other one so far and even though they got blown out by the sabers they shut them out as well but the and this is going to be again like you're saying they're going to be they're definitely going to be the one at the top of the division one way or another, they're going to be first. If they're not first, they should be second. Uh, so, Flyers are going to have to figure out a way to uh, take care of this team. Uh, and a couple guys I got to watch are uh, Bergeron, Marchand, and Nick Ritchie, who all have four points in just two games for Boston so far against the Flyers this season. And uh, Charlie McAvoy leads the team defense with seven points. He has one goal in eight games and is one of 13 D men with seven points or more this season. He's uh, ninth in average ice time with 24.56 a night. Uh, and that is uh, Provorov, by the way. I want to sh- give a shout out to Provorov. Yeah, he is. Uh, his 26.11 average ice time a game is the fifth highest time on ice in, in the league, heading into Monday's action behind uh, Drew Doughty. He's playing 27.39 for the fucking can Like, why? Why Why are Drew Doughty and Brent Burns playing over 27 minutes for those teams? Just give them a break. I don't. Carlson's just, got 26.49. Yeah, they're so old and they're so bad. It's like you're it's just Hedman's also uh twenty six thirty-five. Well that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the win over the lines, uh, and then the defense is gonna be Jeremy Lawson and uh Charlie McAvoy. So their numbers, um McAvoy, this is his first year bearing the um the top defenseman in Boston, which is kind He's of been a big guy. deal. Yeah, because when you, you kind of go back and link it together, it's kind of been Ray Bork, then Chara, and then, yeah, and then McAvoy. So there's been a lot of big names in, in Boston for a while there. But uh, playing, to get, playing alongside Lawson uh, this year, who is a uh, left-hand defenseman taken in 2015, he's yet to hit 50 games, uh, NHL games, and this is his third season with NHL games played. Uh, most used pair by Bruce Cassidy so far, and they have a... Going into tonight's action, they had a 55 expected goals for percentage, and Boston had outshot opponents 55 to 36 while they were on the ice, even though they were outscored two to five in a hundred minutes. Huh. And with a Corsi four percentage of 57.84, they are one of two pairs. Uh, one of two pairs out of the 21 with over 100 minutes uh, together to post better than a 55 Corsi four 
Corsi 4 percentage. So it's uh, McAvoy and Lawson, and then also Jake Muzzin and Justin Hull on the Leafs, who have played over 100 minutes and posted better than a 55 Corsi 4 percentage so far this year. So McAvoy's been doing his job. Not not Proveroff, surprisingly not Proveroff and Braun. I don't want to check how they would be, how far down on the bottom of the list they would be, because it would be, it would be not cool. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean that's going to be the big pair to watch. Uh, also, uh, Jacob Zaboral, part of the infamous 2015-13-15 selections, uh, where they did not pick all the best players in the draft, but instead picked uh, Sennishin and Zaboral. So. Uh, Saboro and Kevin Miller, uh, they are at a 52.63 expected goal, goals for percentage this season. Uh, Boston's out shooting opponents 41 to 30 while they're on the ice, even in goals in 93 minutes. So, But they're doing pretty well. Uh, they are out of uh, 27 pairs to play as much as they have. They have the 14th best expected goals for percentage and the 6th best shot differential per 60 at 7.32. So those two top pairs are going to be a little bit of a problem for the Flyers, especially since Lawson, uh, Jeremy Lawson and uh, McAvoy have kind of become a pretty formidable top pair, it looks like. Just imagine what they'd be doing with Krug and Chara. Oh, God. Yeah, it, it, it could be scary. Yeah, it would be a little probably more daunting, but uh, at least their third pair doesn't have Chara or Krug. That would be, be a fucking move if they just put those guys on third pair for no reason. <laughs> but uh, third pair is Connor Clifton and Brandon Carlisle. Uh, they've only been together for like, two games now, so not much to go off of with them. But I liked, I liked Carl, Carl, Carla with Krug. He seems to do pretty well with Krug, and his underlying numbers don't do that well away from uh, Krug. But we'll see how he does with Clifton. I, I think if there's a pair of the Flyers hone in on, surprise, it's that third pair. I mean, all these pairs are kind of, uh, I don't know. The, the top pair gives up a little bit in size, I believe. So that could be a pair that you could... Uh, Kind of take advantage of in the slot and everything. So, but that's the uh, that is the Bruins. Now we're moving on to the Caps, Steve, who were first in division going into tonight's action, but are now second at six one and three. Sucks to uh, suck. And now the only like, team with like, no regulation they didn't just losses. Just lose their first game tonight. <laughs> they lost. Yeah, that really is, man. It real like everything's just all hockey things are just aiming towards the Flyers right now. They they. Or the uh, Caps just lost their first game, second in the division. Just not just losing ground. Sucks for them. But uh, and with that, now the only team that does not have a regulation loss in the NHL is the Florida Panthers, five zero and one. So uh, maybe they are playing defense down there. It's just Mackenzie Wigger going nuts, and uh, maybe Joel Quenville finally uh, started telling them how to play hockey. I don't know what happened last year, but maybe they're turning around now. So Caps third in goals per game, uh, three point seven eight goals per game. That's a lot. Middle of the pack and goals against per game. Top-ranked power play going into tonight's uh, game, even though I don't believe they scored on uh, a few opportunities tonight. Uh, but they also had uh, the fewest amount of opportunities going into tonight. They had 18. And then um, over the last four games, they were 6-for-9 on the power play. So 6-9. And also over the last four games, they've given up five power play goals against, and they have the 21st-ranked penalty kill. So special teams action with the Caps on Sunday. There might be some power play goals going on. Either way, uh, ideally the Flyers. I'm more concerned about the Flyers' PK stopping the Caps' power play than I am with the Flyers' power play taking it to the Caps' PK. If that makes sense, and that's even with I know there's been a lot of concern with the power play recently, but and with that five-on-three effort on uh, 
on Sunday, which was uh, not cool. But I, I want to see the PK consistently shut down teams. And I think if Vetchkin is, you know, speaking of tests, I think that's probably the biggest test you can get with the penalty kill. That's just he's... one of the great power play players of our I, time. I mean, just that, that slap yeah, shot is dead. It's automatic. Yeah. And you know, it's everybody knows, everybody knows it's been coming for a decade now. And teams cannot stop it. You so just can't. It's, it's that, that good of a shot. Yeah. What did he just move up into seventh all time in goals scored? Seventh all time. Yeah. So seventh all time with uh, where is that little stat there? I'll find that in a second. Yeah, tied with Mike Gardner for seventh all time, seven hundred eight goals. Ovechkin needed one thousand one hundred fifty seven games to Gardner's one thousand four hundred thirty two. So he took two hundred seventy five less games. And now next on the list is uh, Phil Esposito. Who is six with 717 goals? So we'll be talking about Ovechkin doing this again in a couple weeks. Um, but yeah, that's, I, I mean, so the PK and the PK, honestly, I, I know we've had a lot of concerns about a lot of other things like the defense and the lack of just generating threatening chances on offense and figuring out the pairs on the blue line and uh, just kind of Carter Hart, you know, if he's part of the reason why they kind of been looking like shit. But but the, the penalty kill has been giving up uh, a bunch of power play goals during the season. Uh, and there's only been a handful of games so far that have not given up a power play goal against. And that kind of concerns me, too, because we're talking about the moving pieces of not having Niskanen and a slowed down Braun. I I want to see how the, the penalty kill does. The power play, I think, will eventually... I, I know it sounds annoying with Tarian as, as the power play coach. And we had the, the Flyers had struggles with it in the postseason last year. And they had that pretty bad stretch around Christmas last year, too. But... I I think they'll eventually turn it around. I mean, JVRs uh, look good on the power say. play this year. Yeah, I mean, JVRs look good, and I think I think they're not going to do that whole phase where they put Drew on the opposite side for a while again. Ugh. And I think, yeah, and I think just some of the other wrinkles. I don't know, like the the second power play unit, I think is more dangerous too. So that might be able to catch some teams sleeping. Well, I mean, might... you've got Gostaspair up there, who is just a, a more natural offensive zone puck mover than Provorov. Provorov, again, he's got the goals that you can't really deny, right? Like he puts up goals on the power play. Yeah, it's play. the goals, yeah. But Gostaspair or Gustafson, whoever is manning the second power play unit on a given night, those guys are more natural defensive uh offensive puck movers you know d- defensive players in the offensive zone puck movers mm-hmm. yeah no i yeah they definitely are it's gonna go into the the caps online numbers real quick too because they're not they're just not good uh <laughs> so the flyers should be able to kind of hold their own against the caps five and five 27th in Corsi four percentage with both uh shot generation and shot suppression in the 20s so not great and then 27th in expected goals four percentage with 46.27 uh, and they are 30th with 1.76 expected goals for for 60, which uh, the only team worse than them are, are the Red Wings at 1.7 expected goals for uh, 60. So, and are the Flyers and Caps kindred spirits where they, <laughs> they <laughs> their no, underlying be. numbers they really don't show they should be winning, but they're, they're doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they definitely do it. But uh, in the Caps' defense, much like the Flyers have had some injuries, they had to go through a stretch without uh, some of their top end talent due to COVID, but not because of actually getting COVID. Although I think Samsonov may have actually not checked. But uh, they apparently were all hanging out without masks on, I believe. And then came a violation of uh, COVID protocol. Team got fined 100K. And then the group of Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Orlov, and Samsonov were placed on uh, COVID protocol on January 7th, or January 20th. January 7th would have been uh, even a bigger deal. 
It's a rough find in a year where a lot of teams are whining about not having revenue. That is, yeah. It's almost, I will say, it does seem like the league is at least doling out some punishment when it comes to the whole uh, COVID protocol thing. It looks like they're not dicking around with it. It looks like they're taking it pretty seriously. It's not being taken lightly, which you can't really say about some other sports leagues, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, Cavs went 3-0-1 without all four of those players, and Ovechkin returned on Saturday. Pitched in the uh, overtime winner, you know, just to casually win the game in overtime for them against the Bruins, uh, the 4-3 win. And uh, Orloff returned the action tonight after missing five games, so they're still waiting on uh, Kuznetsov and Samsonov. I would guess the Flyers see Samsonov on Sunday, or if not on Sunday, then then Tuesday. But uh, so on, on top of Kuznetsov and uh, Samsonov still being out from that, Lars Eller is also out for the Caps day to day with a um, contagious case of UBI. He's missed three games now, uh, and it'll be more uh, through tonight. Speaking of the Caps, though, team leader in points, Nicholas Backstrom with all those guys out. Five goals and 13 points in nine games. John Carlson is the only other player with 10 points on the Caps. And Wilson is third with eight points and is the only other player besides Backstrom on the Caps with four goals or more. So, honestly, not a lot of not a lot of offense going on here for the Caps, at least at 5-on-5. Five because, five, again, they are not scoring or producing at 5-on-5. Five five, and also, they aren't doing enough to force defenses into, uh, you know, vulnerable positions because they have they drew the least amount of penalties going into tonight's action. So they're not really they're not really doing too much, uh, too many dangerous plays in the offensive zone, it seems like. But the power play, just stay off the power play because that's clicking at least for them. And when you look at what they added, a bunch of offseason moves, but we'll, talk, we'll run through them real quick. Henrik Lundqvist was supposed to be their big offseason addition. Of course, that's not going to be the case now. Uh, spent 15 seasons with the Rangers after being taken in the seventh round 2000 draft. Signed with the Caps in October and then retired in December with a heart condition to be the Caps version of Frank Gore. Um, and then also in net for the Caps, uh, Craig Anderson. It's always good to be known as they got. <laughs> another <laughs> version, version of Frank Gore. <laughs> yeah, just any I mean, version of Frank Gore. Is that a great with career? The Eagles is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he definitely has. Yeah, he just... Uh, well, yeah, and why even risk it? I, if I was him, I think I would have just wanted to stay with the Rangers one last time. Although it sounds like uh, if I was him, maybe I would have wanted to play somewhere else where, uh, <laughs> you know, it seemed like there was a little more fun off the ice, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, Craig Anderson had been with Ottawa since February of 2011 when he was traded from the Avs to the Senators for one Brian Elliott. So uh, Craig Anderson spent the last decade in Ottawa because of Brian Elliott. I'm sure he loved that fact. Uh, has been good since 2016-17 as he went 51-69-12 and with a 9-1 save percentage and 3.37 GAA over the last few seasons. Uh, also had the worst overall goals saved above average GSAA in the league since 2017-18 with minus 44.2, which was ranked 134th out of 134 goalies. Pretty much it's just like a stat where they... Just keep tacking on saves that you weren't expected to make. And, uh, you know, you let in an easy one to get minus points. You make a big save, you get plus points. So being minus 44.2 ain't great. Uh, and hasn't even played for Washington yet. So that's why I think – I'm still thinking we see uh, Samson off or um, yeah, Vanacek. So uh, Chara, who scored tonight, like you said, spent 14 seasons as the Bruins uh, captain. Won the Norris in 2009, won the Cup in 2011. Feels like so much longer than that. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, it's uh And also yeah. given the fact that he's I mean, he played for the Islanders and the Senators before and the that. Sen- he's a machine. He really is a machine. 
He's 11 feet tall, 100 years old. It, it's a, it's an amazing, amazing 11 career. 11 feet tall. 11 feet tall, and he works out five hours a day, three times a day. Guy's just a fucking machine. Like, he just he can't stop moving. And he has three points, or he might have, he has at least four points now. He's got two goals this season, uh, averaging 20-32 a night in 10 games so far. Spent most of his time with Nick Jensen at 5-on-5. Five five. Also spent some time with Justin Schultz. Uh, neither really produced great uh, underlying numbers. Uh, Chara and Jensen kind of play a more low-event defensive style of hockey. Chara and Schultz have been uh, running and gunning a little bit, at least compared to the rest of the team. And uh, speaking of Schultz, spent the last five seasons in Pittsburgh. Did not feel like he was there for that long. I don't know why, but maybe I just blocked out the early years when he was there. When it comes to them, but whatever. Yeah, probably. Uh, 12 points, 3 goals in 46 games last year, playing 1953 a night for the Penguins. Uh, so far, he has 6 points, 2 of which are goals in 8 games, playing 1845 a game. Schultz has spent more of his time playing alongside Brendan Dillon than Chara. Um, and Brendan Dillon and uh, Justin Schultz so far have been pretty good. And luckily, that they didn't play together tonight. I don't know if they're going to be together against the Flyers, but I'm hoping they aren't. Uh, 62 expected goals, four percentage. Uh, when they're on the ice, the Caps have 24 of the 44 shots, and they are scoring opponents six to one in 45 minutes. So, uh, yeah, no, thank you. Um, I, I, that's going to be that might be the pair that causes the uh, the Flyers some headaches there if they are actually paired together, but. Just watch out for Dylan because he's a pretty good defensive player. Uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk is somebody else that joined the Caps this offseason. James oh, Brothers. TVR, baby. Yeah, TVR. Uh, baby JVR. Uh, right-hand defenseman spent the last three seasons with uh, Dr. Tolsky in Carolina. Had eight points in 49 games last year, playing 14-52 a night. One goal in four games so far. Um, and then also Connor Sheary was added to the Caps this season. A split time between the Penguins and Sabres last year. Connor Sheary. Uh, ha- <laughs> he had 35 points. Hasn't hit 35 points in a season since he had 53 in 2016-17. Uh, and already has two goals and three points in seven games this uh, season. He's going to be one of those guys, isn't he, who he got traded from the Pens and then he didn't look as good without the Penguins. Yeah, like, he's, gonna, right, he's never going to be good again. And then he finds his way to a team that has to play against the Flyers bunch and becomes a pain in the ass. Yeah, so he's going to have like 25 points this season, and then he's going to fall off the face of the earth playing for like the Coyotes next year. So just keep that in mind while he's going off this week against the Flyers. Uh, Coyotes minus... is exactly where I see him ending up. <laughs> he's very, he's got a very, uh, yeah, I can see that that name on that jersey out there. So at the AHL level, the uh, Cavs also added Daniel Carr, Cameron Schilling, Paul Ledoux, and Zach Vitale. Uh None of those names matter uh, for this this week, though. <laughs> Departures include, uh, tr- I tried to order these in most notable or most, uh, how much of an impact I had on ice, Steve. You tell me if you agree. Brian Holpe went to the Canucks. Rako Gudis that went to the Panthers. Ilya Kovalchuk who went to Avangard Omsk in the KHL. Uh, Brendan Leipzig, uh, the piece of shooting, went to CSKA Moscow in the summer after that whole tech scandal. Uh, Travis Boyd. Man. Who it's like went to Toronto, whenever Tyler somebody's Wilson. an asshole, they just have nowhere to turn but the KHL. It's some, I wonder if there's somebody who is an asshole this week and really been an asshole for years now that's going to end up in the KHL. Hmm. I like to think, I like to think that Bill Peters, Brendan Leipzig, Tony D'Angelo, and then um, there's probably some other people we're not thinking. Get of. that we're passport ready, Tony. KHL team, yeah, yeah, man, he. Well, I mean, nothing. Oh, well, yeah, we'll talk about. We're going to talk about that <laughs> big time on flight, that. but that Later guy had a weekend yeah. 
and he sucks. Yeah. But it's going to be a big, big talk on Flav about that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a... And I have to say, your order is correct so far on the importance. Oh, okay. Like, Holt B, oh, that was it. There's Holt, not more. Yeah. Holt, well, there, there's you a couple more, but it, it, we can buzz through them, because who gives a shit? Holt B was a big one, because they... Especially since Lundquist wasn't able to play because of his heart condition. That, Holt B's huge, uh, because mm-hmm. they are left with a, a pretty inexperienced goaltender. A very good goaltender, don't get me wrong. But, you know, just without that stability. I mean, Anderson is... I like Anderson. He's fine, but I don't know. Holpe's been there for a few years. He won there, and uh, that that's a big, big departure. Oh, you're talking about oh Holpe compared to Anderson? No, no, Anderson sucks now. Anderson okay, well he's now playing. Yeah, uh, yeah. And Holpe was. But I, I'm saying to... like just as far as the departure goes, like Holpe. Right. It's not that he's yeah. been there for a while. Like he was a yeah. a rock solid like, and that was a one a, a pretty good one two punch last year. Even if Holpe was down in production last year. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're right though. They it, it was his time to move on, especially since they got Samson off, and he he's going to be he great some real here. in that postseason. <laughs> he hey, won't be the worst as well. I mean, there's probably some better options out there than Holpe. I'm pretty that. sure Vancouver though, like specifically brought him in like they did, so he he would just be yeah. left nice and vulnerable for Seattle if they just wanted to pluck him up. Well, and uh, I mean, that's probably not helping either. Uh, I don't even know what his numbers look like this year, but I know Vancouver is just bleeding shots and chances against. Vancouver got whooped so. tonight. Vancouver's been get like Montreal's taking it to him. Montreal is a good good team. I'm 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 glad on the season preview I said something about the Montreal. Montreal won Montreal, six like, to two up. over the Canucks tonight. And that's not the first ass whooping the Canadians have put on somebody. Canadians look good. Holpe this year. Eight ninety six. <laughs> yeah, three and three, three six three GAA and eight ninety six save percentage. It has not been a kind season for Braden Holpe up in the Pacific yeah. Northwest. Yeah. So that's that's a big departure for them. Gudis, you know, Gudis is he declines more and more every I don't year. Think it's and fine. It's yeah. whatever. And Ilya Kovalchuk. I mean, I forgot he was still in the NHL last year. Yeah. Oh, he his he had a real yeah he had a cup of coffee because he was he started off with the kings right and was terrible and then he got traded to montreal and yeah pretty good and then he got traded the capitals and was meh yeah yeah very meh who i think i kind of yeah leipzig i kind of cut you off because i was so excited talking about tony the angelo travis boy went to toronto tyler lewington also left liam o'brien uh, they both, uh, Lewington and O'Brien both, uh, left Hershey for other teams in the AHL. And then Colby Williams, a 26 year old left-hand defenseman, uh, left Hershey to, for Binghamton, bringing Binghamton senators for the, uh, the Ottawa AHL team. So lines for the Cavs tonight, which I think we'll probably see on, uh, on Sunday. Well, we may not see them on Sunday, a couple games away, but lines for tonight, Ovechkin, Backstrom and Wilson, which we'll probably going to see no matter what. I can't believe Tom Wilson ended up being a top line wing. That's that's insane to me. I'll be honest, yeah, he has turned it on the last couple of years. I he ended up so much better than I think any of us anticipated. He's still dirty as hell, and I hate his yeah. guts, but he, he ended is. up being a much more effective player than a lot of us anticipated yeah. him being. Yeah, he definitely he still does annoying ass shit and cheap stuff, but he's definitely toned. I think he's 
remove at least part of his over the topness is uh you know how ridiculous he is with some of his cheap shots but then also he's pretty yeah he's a pretty effective player at five on five so that line is going to be a tear uh kind of sherry tj Oshie, and richard panic um panic uh, Carl Hagen nicked out Garnet Hathaway as the third line, which is not does not sound scary, but uh, they have been playing uh, pretty well. 53.63 expectables four percentage, even though some of their other play driving numbers uh, don't break 50. Uh, have also outshot opponents 43 to 36 and outscored opponents 4 to 1. Or they've been outshot 43 to 36, sorry, and outscored opponents 4 to 1. Um, so there are one of four lines to play 80 plus minutes with a positive uh expect the goals for differential per 60 so pretty much just they're routinely getting the better of the scoring chance battle uh the other three lines that have uh, posted a positive expected goals for differential per 60 and played 80 minutes uh Anders Lee, Matt Barzal, Jordan Eberle, Gabriel Lendeskog, Nathan McKinnon, Mika Rantanen, and Bo Horvat, Niels Hoglander, and Tanner Pearson so a couple good lines in there uh compared to the uh Cavs third line when good it comes company. to uh Controlling the puck, yeah. And then uh, Jacob Rana, who made his way back into the lineup tonight, I believe. Uh, Michael Scarboza and Daniel Sprong were the fourth line. And Jacob Rana, I imagine by the time the Flyers game comes around, Lobulette put a Vetchkin, uh, eased uh, Vetchkin back into the game on Saturday night, and then Vetchkin was back on the top line. Rana played the fourth line tonight. I assume he'll probably be back up in the top six on Sunday against the Flyers. I would imagine he goes in for Shiri. Um, or panic. It's going to be one of those two guys that he and then Verano will be a pain in the ass with all the speed. They have good breadsticks. That's uh, Scarbosa's, by the way. Really good breadsticks. <laughs> I thought Scarbosa's went out. Uh, I thought they went out of business. No, no, no. There's there's one up in King Three of Prussia. Three for four yeah. pizza deal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's okay. There's another one. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't deliver. That's what. They uh, exactly. Uh, exactly. So they don't. They don't have possibility. You show up in person with cash, or you get nothing. <laughs> That's right. Defensive pairs for tonight. Uh, Charo. Chara, not Charla. I don't know who that is. Sedana uh, Chara and John Carlson. Well, that's the pair. combination. It's either uh, Charla or it's uh, Charlson. I like Charlson. Yeah, I like Charlson, Charlson. too. <laughs> Brendan Dale and TVR, and then Dmitry Orlov and Nick Jensen. Uh, this is the first time they first time they used these three pairs were on Saturday, but even that they had uh, Jonas Sigenthaler in for Orlov. So it's the first time they rolled with this defense tonight, and it uh, produced a loss. Uh, Lavi been kind of you know moving the part the defensive pairs around a bit. Um, and it hasn't cost them yet, but uh, I, I mean, there's top that top four is going to be is their entire defense actually is a real bitch if they keep those those three <laughs> pairs together because Orlov's not a scrub either, and uh, I think Dylan, I think that Dylan's defensive presence makes up for you know TVR not exactly being uh maybe the biggest strongest defenseman, but I, I like that top four. That could be a, could bad. be a challenge. Yeah, not bad at all. So, uh, and goaltending, I mean, Flyers don't have a back-to-back this week. I think we should see Hart. Well, we should see Hart for the two Bruins games. You think they go with Hart for both Bruins games and then... Yeah, actually, now I'm thinking about that. I think, I'm thinking more likely we go Hart, Elliot Hart. Now, with that said, though, Elliot also took it to the Caps last year. I was going to talk about that. He was 3 0 0 with a 930 save percentage and five goals against in three games against the Caps uh, during the regular season and bubble play last year. So, this is like the one team where I would be like, maybe Elliott should go in because it seems like, for whatever reason, the team plays pretty well in front of him because those, all three of those wins are pretty dominant. Uh, even the 3 1 bubble win was pretty dominant, but you have a 7 2 win and a 5 2 win. 
that were both I mean all three of those were away from Philadelphia as well uh so I don't know like I I was thinking more about Sunday but the point about Boston is pretty good yeah I guess Hart did also you know not have the best two nights there but I think I'm gonna pretend like I'm gonna stick with my original statement and this is for Hart to build confidence he's got to go back in there and face that team that cost him hell uh and uh maybe no they should probably put Elliot in there for all those we'll, we'll see how Wednesday goes and then they'll put we'll see how Friday goes but uh, Hart is 4-2-1 with a 900 save percentage and 3.34 GAA in seven games this year. Um, in his last two games, uh, he is 2-0-0 with a 952 save percentage. Uh, and Elliott is 3-0-0 this year with a 932 save percentage and one shutout so far. Uh, stopped 56 of 62 shots this week for a 903 save percentage, uh, which was uh, a pair of appearances and did a pretty good job stepping in for Hart after that meltdown against Boston on Tuesday in the Flyers' uh, 5-3 win over the Devils. So, I don't know. I mean, it feels like Hart should start on Wednesday. Uh, and then maybe, I guess, how that goes. Elliot on Friday? I think it's Hart Wednesday, toss-up Friday, Elliot on Sunday. Okay. You think that they're going with that record guess. against? All right. I will see. I don't know. Interesting. Uh, I mean, it could also be... I mean, we could also, it could also be a thing Hart looks like shit again on Friday. And then... Well, I sure hope not. to go with Elliot. Yeah, I hope not either. Yeah. I really am hoping that Carter Hart got his Zen Center learning vintage Smashing Pumpkin songs. and. Just <laughs> I, I hope so, too. I think he got all of the anger for the rest of his life out on that crossbar in Boston. And I think he's going to be a cool comic collector for the rest of the year. Uh, I would want him to start all three. I'm throwing it out there. I want to try. I have to, this podcast is about making us look smart, Steve. So, <laughs> which it fails mightily every week. But I like the last, I, I think Sunday could be uh, Elliot's in that. I'm just throwing it out there. All right. Just throwing it out there. Okay. Just throwing it out there. Uh, we shall see. For uh, Boston and the Caps, uh, we should. I mean, the Bruins have, uh, they played the Caps tonight. Uh, and then they started back-to-back against the Sabres on Saturday. Or they, yeah, they started a series against the Sabres on Saturday. But play the Flyers on Friday, Sabres on Saturday. So we'll probably see them both uh, goalies at some point, you would think. Or we just see Rask twice and then the, the Sabres get a lock, but whatever. Uh, Rask is 3 1 and 1. Yeah, we already went through these numbers. Yeah. 890 save percentage. And then Halak is 2 on 1 with a 938 save percentage. So the Caps goal is. Let's move on to that. Um, Vidic Vanacek has been getting a lot of the work because, again, uh, Samsonov is supposed to be your guy. Holpe, or not Holpe, uh, Henrik Lundqvist is supposed to be the backup. Lundqvist retires. Samsonov is out with the, under the COVID protocol for a while. So now, Vidic Vanacek, who uh, 2014 second round pick of the Caps, 25 years old, had not played in the NHL until this year. He was on the bench in the bubble, I believe, for a couple games when Samsonov was still uh, trying to come over. Um, and he's played in seven games so far. He's 5 0 2 with a 918 save percentage and 2.78 GAA. He's now 5 1 2 because he helped uh, that. Caps collapse tonight. So this is probably, at the moment, who the Flyers are slated to play. So the Caps just happen to have two good goalies in the system under the age 25. Yeah, that's, exactly. Okay, that's, uh, yeah, that's just, yeah, that's not just a bad position to be in. <laughs> the Caps really historically just fall like ass backwards in the goalies. Do you remember, like, they had Olaf Colsey. Are we talking about Jim, Jim Carrey over here? Yeah, Jim Carrey, Braden Holpe, and at one point Smoking! they had Braden Holpe, 
Brayden Holby, Michael Norworth, and Simeon Varlamov all at the same time. Like that was. Uh, they, they, I don't know. They've pieced together some really like decent goalies out of the middle of nowhere over the last uh, couple years here. Last couple years being decades. <laughs> but uh, Sam Sonoff is one on one in two games this year, eight sixty eight save percentage. So he is better than those numbers sound. Uh, but he hasn't played since uh, January seventeenth. He had a nine thirteen save percentage in twenty six games last year, and then of course Craig Anderson, uh, who hasn't played yet this year, and has not played since March eleventh of 2020 against the Kings, uh, where he stopped 36 to 39 in a loss. So hopefully sounds like he's you know, starting to not back. I'm hoping he does. Yeah, that would be. Now you say that, you know, Craig Anderson coming in freezing fucking cold <laughs> would shut out the fire. I just saw this team struggle against Scott friggin' Wedgwood. So <laughs> I, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's no, there's, there's no gimme putts. Yeah, it's all, it's all a rough night at the office for this team. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so let's get, let's get Anderson going. Let's, let's start a Twitter movement to get Anderson in net. Again, unfortunately for the Flyers, they are playing. They did not get the break of playing the Caps during that four game stretch where they were without Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Orlov, and Samsonov. They might still get lucky and avoid Kuznetsov and Samsonov, but I mean, Ovechkin came back this weekend and or- Orlov came tonight. They still have a bunch of days to get back in, in the lineup. So I'm thinking the Flyers face the Caps at full strength, which kind of sucks. But again, I this is test week to match. I expect I, nothing less I, for the Flyers than to have to face the... <laughs> then again, oh, yeah, got, no, there's I no. I, who knows? Be, yeah, exactly. We're accustomed to saying, you know, that, that would be their luck. But again, they're 7-2-1, and I don't think anybody likes this team in Philadelphia at the moment. I, I mean, it really does them, feel Craig. like... <laughs> oh, it does I love feel my like first place flyers. People genuinely hate this team right now, they even do. though they are seven two and one. So I get another first place. I love them. I love my flyers. First place, yeah. I want to talk about players of the league, Steve, because I did. I, I think I had a, the most beneficial one, even though your guy had more production. I, I I need to pick my guy for the better of the team. So I sacrificed. Like, you're welcoming one, is what I'm saying. Is uh, I threw it last week, and it, it definitely helped the team because I'm. I'm a thoughtful, selfless person. But Steve, you, I mean, do you want to go over the oh. recap? Do you, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, let's go over the recap real quick. So last week for Player of the Week, Craig picked one Eric Gustafson, Gus Bus to Electric Boogaloo, the inferior sequel, Gus Bus's Revenge. <laughs> he, it's all in the title. So he, he, <laughs> he, played two, he played two of four games, and he had two assists in one of the games against the Devils. So where, where it was also it was clearly week. his worst game of the week. I mean, we all just, we just, yeah, that was just Eric Gustafson, baby. And uh, I'm hoping this was the, the week that showed the front office he shouldn't be on the ice anymore. And hopefully we just get Ghost and uh, Provorov on the top pair for the rest of the time here. But uh, I think I nailed my pick, is what I'm saying. You took one for the team, that's for Thank sure. You. Yeah, I will, yeah. And you do that sometimes. I do, yeah. It's, yeah. it's in my nature, yeah. Craig and Eric Gustafson, I went with Kevin Hayes and... Oddly, our picks ended up with the same amount of points, but my pick certainly had more significant points. He had two oh, goals okay. in the two yeah. games against the Islanders, including an overtime winner. Mm. Oh, baby! Yeah, I guess that is more important. Yeah. It's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. I don't know if I can claim full victory yeah. this week, because you did do the jinx and get Gus Bus out of the yeah. lineup, even though he came out of the lineup for Robert Haig, who's not good either. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say Hayes uh, edged it out this week against Gustafson. It was close, but yeah, they pulled it out. It was, and they had the same amount of points, so it was very close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But uh, yeah, uh, so this week though, let's see here. You, you got to go with body bag, hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. I can't go to that well all the time. I'm gonna go with. Fuck, I don't even know who to think of. To uh, I, I don't want to pick Farabee. I'll tell you that right now, Steve. I'm not picking Farabee. I'm gonna go with Lawton. Farabee, fresh off of his first NHL hat trick, one of the youngest Flyers in history to get a hat trick. That's so, right. Uh, we'll stick tap to Joel Farabee for having a, a, a yeah, killer performance the other day. Yeah. The bees! Oh, God, not the bees! You're going with Scott Lawton, Big Lots? I'm going with Scott Lawton, yeah, because he was on that line, uh, and he did not produce yet. So maybe he's due to score, but also if he doesn't produce again this week, JVR and Farabee will hopefully continue the score. And my jinx will stay intact. So that's my line of thinking. <laughs> so I'm going with Scott Lawton. I am... <laughs> I just what, said I wasn't going to do the jinx, and then I, I did the jinx anyway. But whatever, it's going to work. We got it. I am I am going with I'm going with TK Travis Konechny, Ooh. fresh off of fresh off of a benching, deservedly getting know, benched. Deservedly, but at the same time, like. Oh, I was kind of kidding, but I get... Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it, it wasn't it, really not, deserved, yeah. but, like, I guess in the coach's eyes it was deserved. Yeah. I don't know. It, it just felt like a weird... Felt like weird timing. Felt like a weird guy to really send a message to the team with. But the team did look terrible in that first Devils game that they somehow won. Mm-hmm. Who the hell knows? Regardless, I, I was expecting TK to come back with a vengeance against the, the Islanders in the second game when he wasn't scratched for Samuel Morin a defenseman that they have just transitioned to winger this year. It boggles the mind, folks. Boggles the mind. Hopefully we don't see any decisions like that this week. I really want to see TK all full of piss and vinegar. I mean, we've seen him get a hat trick this year. He's amongst the team leaders in in goals this Mm. year. We know he's got it in him, and I think he's going to... I think we're going to have a good old jerk store game this week. He is going to kick some ass. So Travis Konechny... TK is my player of the week selection. Craig with Scott Lawton. Yep. All right. Scooty Lutes. Folks. Scooty Lutes. All right, folks. That's all we got for you. And it was plenty. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on Twitter. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Got the prospect report out today. I'm doing the preview on Wednesday. Got probably later in the week. And wow. I have one other idea in mind but i'm not gonna say it in case i don't do it and then don't yeah so i just don't i'm just gonna avoid throwing it out there so i don't put it into the universe yeah, don't, don't overcommit. yeah because i've been that's like my that's like the craig sign off is just to overcommit. And then yeah so uh <laughs> i might do a th- fourth thing this week yeah we'll see okay all right yeah but don't promise it unless you not doing it okay intend to keep it there keep we it go yeah craig's at sports are bad you can reach me at sd bomb or at flyperbole but for your hockey needs, make it flyperbole. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Be sure to listen to all of our great podcast offerings on Broad Street Hockey. And that's it. That's all. That's all there is. Until next time, folks, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey.